When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a stay-at-home mom can be so rewarding, but it can also be the most challenging job of your life. And I know I'm not the first person to tell you that. Today, I'm talking with a group of mamas about their struggles, how they push through, and how you can thrive, not just survive, in your new role as a stay-at-home mom. This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new moms through their baby's first year. I'm Natalie Gross, mom to a four-year-old boy and a baby girl, and we've got a great show today talking about surviving stay-at-home mom life with babies. This is a topic that is very close to my heart, and I'm excited to chat more about it. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website, that's newmommymedia.com, and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. That'll keep you updated on all of the episodes that we release each week across all of our podcasts. And another great way to stay updated is to hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. If you're looking for a way to get even more involved with our show, you can check out our membership club called Mighty Moms. It's totally free to join. And that's where we chat more about the topics discussed here on our show. And it's an easy way to learn about our recordings in advance so that maybe you can join us live to share your own motherhood experiences. I'd like to introduce our panel of guests today. We have Melissa Davidson, founder of Perceptive Parents, as our featured guest. And we also have Mamas Noel Boyer and Kayla Pearson here to share their perspectives as well. So thank you so much for being here, everyone. As we get started, please tell us a little bit about you and your family and your experience as a stay-at-home mom. Melissa, do you want to kick us off? I'd love to, Natalie. Thanks. And thank you so much for inviting me to Newbies. So I'm a married mom of two. I have a nine and a half year old son and an almost five year old daughter. Um, I was a stay at home mom exclusively until my son was four. And then we decided to put him into preschool five days a week in prep for kindergarten experience at age five. At that point, I returned to work part time. I have to tell you, I had a lot of guilt about not giving my daughter the same experience of having my attention as a stay at home Mm. mom as I did for my son. But I also realized that I was and I still am able to bring a different energy to my family because of that focused time I spend doing something. I'm calling it something for myself. I have loads of flexibility with my work. I only work about 15 hours a week. And even with this job, I'm still the primary childcare provider and I take on most of the tasks in managing our household. I hear you there. (laughs) Great. Thanks so much, Melissa. Noelle, what about you? Hey, everyone. So I am a mom of three boys. My oldest is six. My middle is turning four. So by the time you hear this, he'll be four. And then my youngest just turned two. So I've been a mom for now almost seven years. A stay-at-home mom now, two. And I've been a stay-at-home mom since my oldest was born. And 
I flirt with the idea of going back to work, but um, honestly, I doubt that'll ever happen <laughs> um, because I I really feel passionate and happy where I'm at. But we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, I'm a stay-at-home mom and I love it. Oh, good. Good. Thanks for being here. And Kayla. Yes. Hi, Natalie. Thanks so much for having me on tonight. Uh, my name is Kayla Pearson. I am a stay-at-home mom and part-time employee. I have two boys, um, Anthony Drew, who is four, and James, who is two and a half and very much in the twos. Terrific twos, I like to call them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they both keep me very much on my toes. And I was you know, a full-time career girl. I did political event planning, which had me on the road all the time prior to kids. And then I worked um, in tech for a little bit too. So, um, you know, it was just kind of a calling that I had. I knew that when I had kids, I just kind of wanted to put the brakes a little bit on my career. And so when I was in my third trimester of my first son's pregnancy, I, you know, put the put pause on and I've been a stay-at-home mom ever since until just recently I did go back part-time. It's only 20 hours a week. And so really right now, I feel like I have the best of both worlds. Both of my boys are in the same preschool together, which is really sweet. And they're just there until either 1 or 3 p.m. And then I get to pick them up and we get to have the better part of the afternoon and evening together. So it's been a really nice transition for us. That's so great. So it sounds like everyone wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, right? Because I was going to ask if it was you know more of a practical or financial decision or if it's really something that you always wanted to do. Um, I'd love to jump in. I have to say that when we first got married, the plan was actually for both of us to work full time and to use childcare full time. I had a job that I really loved and I was in the childcare world. So I just assumed I was going to bring my baby to one of the childcare centers that I oversaw. Um, fast forward to us trying to start a family and we had some really significant trouble conceiving and it got to the point where I realized that if we were going to put so much effort into bringing a baby into the world, I wanted to spend as much time as possible with that person. So I would say for me, it, was a, it wasn't a, was this always my dream. It was something that kind of came up as a decision based on my heart. And we were able to swing it financially because <laughs> my husband's so smart. When we bought our first home, he said, hey, we should probably be able to afford this mortgage on just one salary, just in case. So that's how we were actually able to make it work. And I have no regrets about becoming a stay-at-home mom. Absolutely awesome, awesome, awesome experience. And for me, uh, this is Noelle. My husband is in the military, so I'm a military spouse. And um, when we first got married, my background is in journalism. And I did a lot of freelancing and then just picked up a lot of odd jobs here and there because as a new military spouse, I really struggled with finding places that wanted to hire me when they knew that I was moving in less than two years. So that that was part of when we started having a family. I was already not, I had like side gigs, but I didn't have an actual job. And so I was able to be fully in the idea of being a stay-at-home mom because there wasn't anything else pulling me away at that time. And for me, because I had so many struggles with finding actual work that, you know, was paying me more than five cents an hour, which Natalie, <laughs> you might be able to relate to that. <laughs> or not five cents an hour, sorry, five cents a word. Um, <laughs> and all that work we have to do with transcribing things. And anyways, um, the struggle with finding something that was fulfilling at the time 
And then when we moved across the country, uh, and then we started having, we got pregnant with our first child, it just made sense. Um, and when we were living in California, the idea of finding childcare and me finding a job when I hadn't found one in so long at that point, it was like two and a half years of finding like an actual job that I was excited about. I did struggle with feeling like I wasn't contributing enough. And I remember, and I would like, again, would take up all these random odd jobs, editing jobs. Um, I dabbled in fitness coaching for a while and that sustained my, oh, here, I'm going to put in a couple dollars into the family. But then once my second was born, I realized I had to stop dabbling and be fully focused, which I'll talk more about later. But so it was something that I was ready for when we decided to have a family. It made the most sense with my husband's job being away a lot for me to be as present and fully there as possible when he was deployed. But as now my kids are getting older, the idea, I'm still trying to figure out and establish what it really means to be a stay-at-home parent without the guilt that um, comes with it. Mm, That's so good. And yes, I can relate. Journalism background here too. So (laughs) I get that. Um, (sighs) Think back to when you first became a stay-at-home mom when your kid was a baby. Does the reality match those expectations you had in the beginning or is it different from what you imagined it would be for better or for worse? Um, I'd love to jump in here. So my... My, you know, perspective of what being a stay-at-home mom was, I was so, you know, sweetly naive. I just thought, oh, I'm going to have this baby and I'll just pack him up and we'll just go about our daily routine. We'll go to yoga. <laughs> Life is not going to change that much. It'll be great. Um, I too, I was living in California, in Monterey, California at the time. And I just had this really beautiful, wonderful life and pregnancy was so great out there. It's just easy. And then, you know, I have this baby who had colic and oh my gosh, it was just such a different experience than what I had, you know, what my perceptions were and my expectations. So I really had to realign them. So it was an awakening for me, absolutely. But I think the beauty in that is that you really just learn how to pivot and you learn how to grow and there's so much growth in new motherhood. And then when you're staying at home with your baby, it's just the two of you, you know, all day. And I think COVID changed that a little bit. There's more dual um, working from home parents. But as, you know, the primary full-time stay-at-home parent, you know, it just, it kind of rocks your world. And it's so important to build your tribe up and have a strong foundation of other moms and a network, a support network to to talk to. But for me, it was definitely different than what I was expecting. And I really have, you know, grown into it. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? I would say ditto to so much of, of what Kayla was just sharing. I mean, It is hard. And I think especially when you're a brand new parent and your baby needs you constantly, that's, I don't think that's something you can really train for or something you can adequately be be prepared for. And I think um, like Kayla was talking about, there's so much isolation when you're home and it's just you and the baby. And it's, there's a grind. There's really a grind to keeping up with what does that new human need from you because they need everything. There's nothing they can do for themselves. It was definitely different, but I, I have to say I'm kind of a, um, I'm a silver lining. Like I try to look for the silver lining and I think it's important that even though we talk about how hard it is um, and how much work it is, there are a lot of really beautiful and amazing moments that you get to be part of because as the stay-at-home parent, you're there. Um, so there are parts that feel really isolating and, and rather thankless 
because it's a brand new gig, because you're making it up as you go along, but there are things that you get to be part of that you, I don't think ever, like you, you can't, you can't um, appreciate the enormity of some of that joy that you get until you're actually in it. And the last thing I wanted to say is I found the same importance in finding my tribe that Kayla was talking about. I think if I didn't have that, that group of moms who I was close with and seeing probably twice a week for three years, I'm not sure what my experience would have looked like. But those women are still important to me in my life. They're still a trusted, valued group to me. And, and I'm really grateful that I took the time to find that tribe. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump off of what Melissa said there. Because when I was a new mom and stay-at-home mom for the first time, I remember feeling like you're saying so isolated because a lot of my friends at the time weren't having kids yet. And I was the first of a lot of my friend groups to have a child. And, you know, when you're catching up with old friends and they just don't understand your struggles, it can feel so lonely. And like what Melissa was saying, finding people who are in it with you, where you can just go to a playground and, you know, watch your kids, push your kids on a swing together and just be in community. That's that saved me in that time. And that's something that I, with every move that we made, because I moved after all of my kids were born and I had to keep finding new people. But because I learned the first go around that I can't be go at this alone, it, it was a mandatory thing to do every time we moved. Mm-hmm. I resonate with so much of this. So thank you so much for sharing. We're going to take a quick break. And then I'll be chatting one-on-one with Melissa a little bit for some of her best tips for new stay-at-home moms. We'll be right back. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today on Newbies, we're talking about stay-at-home motherhood, and you've already met our featured guest, Melissa Davidson. She's the founder of Perceptive Parents, a coaching practice for families, helping parents develop stronger connections with their children. Melissa has degrees in early childhood education and psychology and is also a certified professional coach. And one cool thing on her resume is that Melissa used to run the child care center for the U.S. House of Representatives. So Melissa, I'm so glad you're here today and look forward to continuing our discussion. Thank you. Thanks. So you're not only a mom, but you work with moms. So what are the most common struggles you hear from stay-at-home moms specifically? Well, I think we just started to identify them in that first segment. You know, we were talking about the feelings of isolation and exhaustion. Um, There's this fact that when your job, right, you're a stay-at-home parent, so this is your job. Your job is caring for your children. So you never, quote unquote, leave the office. You're on call 24-7. And most stay-at-home parents are also responsible for managing their households. It's a lot of logistics to balance. And it's, again, it's a real grind. It can feel very thankless. I think the other thing I hear a lot about is how easy it is to get lost in the shuffle. You forget to take care of your own needs because you're constantly doing something for someone else. That can just, it's a real shift. Before you had a child, your focus probably 
you, you were able to focus more on yourself. And, and if you have a partner or spouse, you were able to focus more on that person as well. Like I said before, I, I don't want to paint a gloom and doom picture. Um, we aren't all, always just hearing about struggles. Um, there are those really lovely moments, the first smiles, the first giggles. I mean, those moments are precious. They're irreplaceable. And I think it's a real privilege that we have in being stay-at-home parents to, to witness so many of those firsts. Mm-hmm. When I left my full-time job to stay home with my son, I guess almost four years ago now, my parents made me a cake and they wrote on it like, happy promotion or congratulations <laughs> on your promotion. And I just, it like made me cry, but that's exactly what it was, you know? Yes. And so I get what you're saying. There's like, we're talking about the struggles because we're helping new moms out there just <laughs> maybe like, think through what then like know what to expect. But yes, like we cannot say enough how much good comes out of it also. So thanks for harping on that a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) On your website, you talk about how you help parents identify the issue behind what feels challenging and then address it that way. So I want to do a little bit of exercise here. Mm -hmm. Um, So say there's a stay-at-home mom out there listening who's struggling with one particular aspect of mom life. Maybe it's mealtime. For me, I'll give a personal example. It's getting out the freaking door to go somewhere (laughs) that gives me so much anxiety for some reason. So how do you help moms work through this? Well, there's part of me that's tempted to do a mini coaching session with you right now, but I don't (laughs) want to put you on the spot. But you know, in those coaching sessions, we really do peel back layers on, for example, what is in that anxiety in getting out the door. And I love that you raise that because it's super common. It's such a relatable issue. What I want to do is share a few principles that I share with all of my coaching clients. And then I'd love to share a story from one of my clients about how we worked through the guilt that moms can associate with self-care, because I feel like that's also a very relatable struggle that, that stay-at-home moms have, especially with babies. Sure. So a few principles that I think are really important to keep in mind. The, my number one is that you can only control yourself. That's your thoughts, your actions, your behavior, your reactions. With everyone else in your life, your children, your actions influence them. But no matter how hard you try, you can't control them. I mean, I'm really thinking about that, getting the kids out the door, right? All you want to do, you're just trying to get them out and you just want control over that situation. They are individuals. They have their own motivation and they're not always going to comply. So, you know, remembering, reminding yourself, you can only control yourself and you influence others. Another concept that I like to share with my clients is that when you're having a struggle, we need to think about beginning with the end in mind, meaning how do you actually want to show up in those struggle situations? Because once we know how you want to show up, we can figure out how to get there or how to adjust your expectations. We really learn a lot when we're trying to pinpoint how we want to show up to situations, and why we aren't showing up that way. I find that there's a lot of button pushing going on, and that creates the frustration, the anxiety, the anger, the resentment. Buttons end up being pushed when our values are challenged or violated. And it's really not always obvious how we can connect the dots between it's really frustrating that I can't get these kids out the door And I relate to that specifically in this concept of it feels like I'm not being respected. So I really value respect. And when I can't get my kids out the door, I feel like there's some aspect of disrespect. And the truth is, (laughs) 
a two-year-old, a four-year-old, they're not intending to be disrespectful, right? They just have their own agenda. Yes. Um, <laughs> Mom, so- I have to park all my Paw Patrol calls cards first, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> That's not how this is going to work. So we tell ourselves these stories that are based on our, our values and our expectations. And that's what I mean by trying to get to the issue beneath the issue, because that's where the real work is, is, is done to kind of get past the struggle. So if it's okay, I'd love to share the story about this client who wanted to take a shower, but <laughs> felt too guilty to do it with the baby. So she was worried that if she took the time to take a shower when she was home alone with the baby, that the baby might start crying. And what was she going to do? She wouldn't even hear the baby crying. And so I asked her, you know, why would that make you feel guilty? And she started by sharing, you know, well, I'm not a mom who wants to have her child cry it out. So I did like a little bit of education because for me, cry it out really is about like setting a sleep schedule, not necessarily just allowing your child to cry for a short period of time while you take care of something. So we then dug a little bit deeper and I asked her, what is the worst thing that could happen if that baby cried while you were showering? Because if you've left your baby in a safe and secure place, like in their crib, in an exorcisor, in a bouncy seat, and they're kind of strapped in, they should be safe for a short period of time. So what's the worst thing that could happen? What worries you about the baby crying? Ultimately, as we went through this process, she revealed to me that she felt like she'd be neglecting her baby if the baby was crying and she didn't sue them right away. And for her, neglect meant that she wasn't loving her baby the right way or loving him enough. So when I peel that back, what I see is that her underlying value is love. And she is feeling like she's not honoring that value. And that was what was really pushing her buttons. We also talked a little bit about whose expectations she was trying to meet. Like who's out there judging how much she loves her baby, whether she loves him enough right? There, there isn't a right on this. So, so once we got to that point, I could really help her adjust her frame of mind and the expectations for herself. So in this process, what we ended up working on was this mom being able to tell herself a different story about taking that shower. Like when I shower, I feel refreshed. When I feel refreshed, I'm able to bring a happier mom back to my baby and my baby is safe and my baby's okay while I take that shower. So our goal there is to kind of override that original story you're telling then we figure out how you are honoring your values so you can show up the way you want to when a st- situation feels stressful. Mm, that's good. Yeah, that shower. When to shower. That's such a relatable <laughs> struggle. Goodness. <laughs> well, I've heard some good advice on the importance of having routines as a stay-at-home mom or making sure you get out of the house every once in a while to make sure you don't go crazy. So what would you say are your top five pieces of advice for new stay-at-home moms? Okay, I'm going to try really hard to limit it to five because I just feel like there's so much we could tell new moms to, to help them. My number one piece of advice is there is no single right way to be a stay-at-home mom. There's a style that's right for you and for your family, and it's just going to take some time to figure that out. You'll get tons of that kind of like been there, done that advice from meaning well-meaning people in your life. And your social media feed is going to be filled with lists of do's and don'ts for raising your kids. What you're going to find is some of that fits for you and some of it just doesn't fit. So take what you like and leave the rest, but let go of this idea that there's a right way to do it and you've got to get it done perfectly. My second piece of advice is 
to know that we're all making it up as we go along, especially Mm -hmm. at the beginning. So give yourself that grace to learn on the job and to know you're going to make mistakes. Nobody sends you home with a manual on how to take care of your baby. And you're learning this role of being a new mom. So finding that comfortable parenting style is a process. It's an ongoing work in progress. I mean, I have to say my oldest is almost 10 and we've been at this for nearly 10 years and we're still winging it a lot of the time, especially with my oldest. So we just have to find grace for ourselves and know that we're making it up as we go along. Um, My next piece of advice is not to compare yourself to other moms, especially the people who look like they have it all together. You know you can picture that mom, especially if you're somebody who's joined a a mom group or you're out there at the playground. There's the mom who like seems to have that perfectly supplied diaper bag. Her baby is very clean in some really cute outfit or, you know, like she just looks really put together. And And I have to say, I am not judging that mom. I think more power to that mom for her skills in organization and time management. But we have to remember that whether whether other people look like it or not, we're all having our own challenges and we're all dealing with our own insecurities. Some people can just cover it up a little bit better, but just be yourself and have confidence in the fact that you are going to find your way. My next piece of advice is to say yes to helpful help. And I call it helpful help because clearly not everybody who wants to lend a hand is going to be helpful. (laughs) But I think there's this common misconception that just because your job is being the at-home parent and that that caring for your baby and managing your household means that you should be able to do it all alone and get it all done by yourself. And I think there just needs to be a reminder put out there that there's no prize awarded for doing it all on your own. Nobody's coming to you at the end of the day with the medal saying, hey, Natalie, congratulations. (laughs) You single-handedly kept all four burners going on your stove at the same time. Congratulations. I think there's also a lot of pressure on like, how do we make the day good and special? How do we make every day wonderful? And I think it's important for for, um, stay-at-home moms, especially with babies, to know that your top priority is caring for your baby. And sometimes you call a day a success just because everybody in the house is still breathing and their bare basic (laughs) needs have been met. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Seriously, that's a really important, that's an important one. And I, I just, you know, we've already touched on the importance of finding your tribe. And I don't believe that humans were ever meant to parent in isolation. So finding that group of moms who are at home and can join in that solidarity who you can just kind of let it all out, hang out with, that's really important. And the final thing I would say is Make time for yourself. And if you have a partner or a spouse, find some time as a couple. You know, that's your recharge time. That's when you're taking time to fill your tank. And when you've refilled your tank, you're able to show up with more positive energy for those people who you love. Mm, Those are so good, Melissa. Thank you so much for sharing. We're going to take another quick break and then continue our conversation with Noel and Kayla. So stay tuned, everyone. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Bumble. 
All right. Welcome back, Noel and Kayla. Any thoughts on what we've just heard from Melissa? Did any of that resonate with you? Well, I've decided that my new baby shower gift for everyone will be a counseling session with Melissa. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Because we all need it. And that was just amazing advice. So I'm just grateful to be here to glean all of this, the wealth of knowledge that she has. So thank you. Yeah. And so again, I agree with everything Kayla just said, because Melissa is just a wealth of knowledge. I was just, I wish I was taking notes, but I'll go back and listen. But (laughs) so I loved what Melissa was saying about how we're all just making it up as we go, because that is so true. Who I was as a first time mom is completely different than who I am as a third time mom. And I, I joke with a lot of my friends saying like, you can't pay me any money to be a first time mom again, because (laughs) so true, (laughs) but it was a beautiful experience, obviously. But what I've gleaned now from that, from that whole, all those years is, oh, I feel like such a more relaxed person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, what was something that was always part of your routine? Think back to those baby days as a new stay at home mom that helped make your days better. For me, um, it was really having a schedule, but I do want to tap into that a little bit more because, you know, everyone's different. I was very type A person, so I really wanted to schedule everything out. In hindsight, though, now that I have a son who is about to start kindergarten, you know, I really realized the beauty of not being so scheduled out, of just kind of letting your kids be kids to run around and make a mess and just live in the moment. Um, But I do think that's definitely something that we are doing now as millennial parents, kind of, you know, really scheduling our kids out and scheduling our day. And for me, looking back at what I used to do as a stay-at-home mom for the first time that I still do now is I make sure that we get out of the house at least two to three times a week because it's so easy to just get stuck in cleaning and, you know, just stay in pajamas all day. But for me, if I get outside, not necessarily outside, but go to the library, um, join a mom group, like I'm in a running group, having something that gets me out the door besides a school drop-off, that helps me feel more more or less not stir-crazy as I can get when I'm at home all the time because home is work, home is play, home is sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Melissa, any thoughts there? I think it's, you know, when you have second child, third child, isn't it so beautiful to be able to build on your own experience, to be able to look back? And I think it doesn't matter that those children are growing up now. You're still going to take that knowledge and you're still going to bring that knowledge to who you've become as a parent today. So I love hearing Noelle and Kayla like have the opportunity to reflect back. Um, and, And I just say, you know, I encourage celebrate the wins, know that you've really evolved in your parenting and use that, use that going forward to, to remind you, you know, where you've been and what do you want your family to continue to look like? Mm-hmm. Let's talk burnout. I mean, it's not uncommon to hear people say they're burnt out from their jobs, like they're going to the office jobs, right? But it's taboo to say you're burnt out by your own kids. But is that something that you've experienced? And if so, how have you worked through that? Have you learned to like delegate certain responsibilities to your spouse? Or how has that played out in your life? I, I'll jump in. So when when I had my first child, my husband had a very hectic work schedule. So it was very much me doing all doing mornings, 
you know, all the meals, bedtime. But at the time I was able to, it, I was able to manage it. But now that I had three kids, he still has a pretty hectic work schedule, but it's a little bit better. And I remember after my third was born, I kind of hit a wall because I'm making homemade meals or, you know, a Trader Joe's meal or something. And every single night and I would get so tired and frustrated and my husband just wouldn't understand like, well, what, what's different? Like, this is what you, you do all of this all the time. Like, why is it different now? And so he and I ended up having a really productive conversation when I, and we essentially made a schedule for me when it comes to the week where I make three meals a week and he's in charge of one meal and then we eat out another meal and then it's leftover. So that's, I'm not doing the math right, but I, I make three meals, two of those, it becomes leftovers for two days and then he's in charge of one day and then we eat out. And that's that has given me so much freedom and a break from the burden that cooking used to fill me with because, you know, cooking for three children when they complain about what you're making <laughs> or, you know, you're sitting there at lunch and you're like, who wants another peanut butter and jelly sandwich? This, this is nutritious, right? It's, it's whole grain bread. Um, or, you know, when the baby's throwing the food on the floor and you're just like, I worked so hard on this. This feels so frustrating. <laughs> so cooking is a burn. Cooking for me burns me out and making that food schedule has been such a stress reliever. That's a great idea that I think I'm going to go implement right after this conversation. <laughs> well, I, honestly, my husband looks forward to the days when he's in charge of meals because he can, you know, he'll he he'll make something that he's really excited to eat that I like a meatloaf. I'm not a meatloaf person, but he's like it's meatloaf night and he gets all excited to eat that. <laughs> For me, I think the burnout really hit um when my younger son probably hit I, like a year and a half, maybe. So we have our boys are 25 months apart and we had two of them to become these wonderful playmates. Again, totally naive, not thinking about just having two kids so close together. They just fight over everything. The toys, the time, you know, mom, dad. So that really has been a struggle for me for both my husband and I. And what we found to be the most successful sometimes is to kind of separate them for part of the day. And we each take one and then we alternate. So they're each getting that alone, solo mommy, daddy time. And they're getting to do a fun activity. And then they're just, you know, not arguing over, you know, what toy they're going to play with. So that's been really successful for us. Yeah, I well, I, I wanted to share that um, I went through something similar to what Noelle was talking about, where I just got to a point where I felt like, the at-home schedule was not working for me. And I called it the difficult conversation. I mean, I've got a great relationship with my husband. We've always been very open and honest with one another. I wanted to ask for him to change his schedule at work, which felt really selfish because again, I'm not contributing to the bottom line. I'm contributing to our household management. But I approached him and said, hey, listen, do you think you could change your work hours at all so that I could have some more time in the afternoon and evening? He was working from, I think, like 10 to 6 or something and getting home at 6 o'clock, then it was dinner, bed, and we were done. And my husband actually was super willing to go to his work and say, could I change my hours? We had this conversation on a Thursday and the following Monday, he, had, he was able to implement a new schedule 
which I think is kind of challenging for him. He works 6.30 in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon. I mean, I just think he's a saint for that. But I'm saying, I'm sharing it because I needed to challenge my assumption, you know, and I needed to advocate for myself. I needed to know my limits. I needed to find a new way. And I loved, again, hearing Noelle and Kayla share their struggles, but then what did they do? You know, you're identifying it. You're coming up with some alternate solutions. You're trying some different things out. We just have to keep finding a new way. And so I I highly recommend to people, if you feel like something is a real struggle, let's figure out a way to come up with some different solution, try something different. Because um, Kayla, I love you describing separating the two kids and having it be one-on-one time. So that everybody gets the everybody gets that um, that individual attention that little kids well we all really crave it but that little kids really love to have from their parents and Noelle I think it's awesome that your husband has this time to to do cooking that he really enjoys too I think that's great yeah these are all such great ideas I really appreciate it so Kayla and Noelle I want to get your advice we heard Melissa's earlier what's some advice that you wish you could go back and give yourself as a new stay-at-home mom you know we've talked about growth as moms throughout this process so what would you go back and say to your old self or something maybe you wish you would have known that you want to share with our new mama listeners so something I want to share is something that worked really great when I was um, a first-time mom that I didn't realize at the time would be really great. And um, I'm so thankful for uh, my, when I found my group of mom friends who had kids around the same age as my first, we, we did something called like co-op babysitting. So when, when one of us wanted to go out on a date with our, with our partners, the other friend would come and watch her kids. And what, and what I mean by watching the kid was, you know, when you have a baby and they're sleeping, like, it was so frustrating to have to pay for a babysitter, you know, when you're like, my baby's just sleeping and I'm just going to be gone for an hour. So my friends and I would swap nights. So one night I would come over to their house and watch Netflix while she and her, her husband would go on a date and then we'd swap back and forth. And that gave me so much peace because I had a friend that I trusted who was also a parent. So, you know, I knew if anything happened, they would be able to help and, you know, take care of my kid. My kid knew them. And I didn't have to do the whole, oh, we've got to find a babysitter that I trust because it was a friend that I trusted. And so that was something that my friends and I just were accidentally did. And it gave me so much peace and it helped, you know, replenish that relationship that was with my husband that, you know, was lackluster when you have a baby. So that was something that I'm, I really encourage new parents to do. If you find some, a friend that you trust who also has a baby, like do co-op babysitting. Um, But there's one other thing, Uh, Melissa touched on this earlier about not comparing yourself to other um, parents and something that one of my good friends, she's a first time mom, she works part time, but is home most of the time. And she, she was reading something in a blog and a parenting blog that talked about spoons and how everyone has a certain set of spoons, quote unquote, that they use throughout their day. And those spoons represent, you know, cleaning, cooking, eating, whatever you have to do to get your day done. And for me, I'm one of those people that when you see me out, I look, I have makeup on, I look good because I'm, I'm out and not in my sweatpants. Like that's something I really value doing is being put together. But 
I do not clean my baseboards. I don't know the last time I dusted that if dusting cleaning my baseboards is like seven spoons, but me getting ready in the morning is like one spoon. And so she and I were discussing the things that we that are on our priority list every day. And it's it's wild how different we are. And so we kind of joke back and forth and we'll be like, well, the fact that Noelle bakes with her three year old, that's three spoons. But if I did that, that's six spoons and I don't have six spoons to give to, to bake and clean that up. And so that that idea really helps me realize like I only have so many spoons I can use in a day. And what it, what can, if I'm making my priorities list, what are the things that are going to take up the least amount of spoons, you know? And it just really made me realize like we're all, like Melissa was saying, we're all such unique parents and we're all doing it, figuring it out as we go. And, you know, don't compare your spoons, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so great. And then, so uh, again, Melissa had touched on, you know, try not to compare. And I think especially for the first time, mom, that resonated so much with me because I was in the comparison game in every aspect of life. And especially with all of the milestones, right? The Your first baby hitting those milestones. like you, And that, I think, as a parent, a lot of us take that on to ourselves. If something's not going right, you're like, well, what can I be doing better? But in reality, it doesn't have anything to do with you. And what I found is, um, you know, social media plays a, a huge role in that. And um if you're following an account that's not really serving you, just, you know, stop, stop following it. And so really surround yourself on social media in life with things that are really filling your cup and building you up as a mom. Um, and then we also had touched on, you know, finding your tribe and something that I found to be really important in that is finding other moms who are really in the same you know, stage as me of motherhood that I can, you know, share all of my stories with. And, um, you know, boy, I think boy motherhood is really different from girl motherhood in these younger years. And so it's been helpful for me to, to kind of share my stories with other, um, dual boy moms, because there is just so much energy. And for a long time, I was like, why aren't my boys sitting down and coloring? What's going on? <laughs> you know, but they are just so different. So, uh, you know, just really going back to that, um, you know, finding, you know, making those friends to support you. Yeah. Those are such great tips. Melissa, any last thoughts as we close here? Again, I mean, Kayla and Noel have shared such incredible things. I have a million things to say. I think what, what I love that I just heard was about knowing your priorities, knowing your limits, filling your cup. Um, and finding people who can sympathize with where you are. You are not alone. I think that's just so huge to remember. It can feel so isolating, but you are not alone. And it just takes an opportunity to reach out and some creativity sometimes in how you reach out so you can feel like you can cope with all of these, these challenges that are going to come up. Great. Well, thank you so much to all of you, Melissa, Noel, Kayla, for joining me today. Listeners, you can find out more about Melissa's work at perceptiveparents.com. Also check out newmommymedia.com where we have all of our podcast episodes, plus videos and more. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last.
Shop now at hannahanderson.com. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Toddlers, The Boob Group for Moms Who Give Breast Milk to Their Babies, and Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.